like most websites and most marketing is average at best and we compare ourselves with average at best rather than the small number of people that do it very well we don't look at what that because we don't see it as much we see lots of average adverts and average marketing and we think that's the norm but it's it's not most companies are rubbish awful websites awful marketing and a lot of their marketing doesn't get them a return because they don't leverage the people hello and welcome to small business financial freedom this is my first podcast interview with alex who i'm really excited about hearing all about so hopefully it'll all go okay so alex i'm just going to get you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business journey so far Oh, well, yeah. So my name is Alex Curtis and my company is called The Lead Engine. And we specialize in helping financial advice firms to generate more inquiries, essentially. So I I used to work in an agency for someone else doing, you know, like web design and pay-per-click SEO, all that kind of stuff. And we had one financial services client. And then because I'd worked with the FCA, that got me to other business. When I went as a contractor, I found it much easier to pick up clients in that space. So I worked for someone that did, it was like an annuity comparison call center effectively. And I was working in there in the marketing. And then there was a local-ish subprime car finance and mortgage business. And then I was kind of contracting with people on site. And then I got enough clients that I started working from home, started building the team. And then here we are today. We've got oh, I think there's about I think there's about twelve of us, something like that. Wow, that's good. And how long did that take now, Alex? Oh, oh, wow. So we are talking 2014. So I hope your maths is better than mine. Um, <laughs> eight years. Yeah, yeah. That's eight good. Years, yeah. That's good. Yeah. So when you started off, did you have sort of like a goal in mind? Yeah, I think, yeah, well, yes, (laughs) but that, I think that changes. I think that changes definitely over time. Cause you're, cause you, I think you start and your first goal is not to fail at just being able to survive on your own. You know, you sort of, you leave this job that pays you every month into something that may not. Uh, but I think I had jobs that I got made redundant in. So, I never felt that safe working with someone else. In fact, I was like, well, I'm actually safer having everything in my own hands, really. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely first, you know, it was like, how can I can I do this to pay the bills and survive? And then you start dreaming of like, I remember having an office was like the big dream, a big office with lots of people in. And then COVID happened and you realise you don't need one. No. So when you all start working from home, you're way more efficient working from home and then yeah and do so you still work from home then i still we still work from home yeah all of us work from home so we will meet up at least once a month and i think it was last friday we had we basically took half the day off or just over sort of half the day had breakfast together at like a cafe and sometimes it's it's not necessarily like a work meeting it's a, a social thing because you you kind of miss that social interaction 
being in a, in an office certainly. Yeah. But we 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 do like this morning. We'll have half an hour team call. We'll have our sort of developers on who don't really want to socialise that much. So we we talk shop with them, <laughs> and then they quite happy going off and doing their work. And then the rest of the team will. It will be, you know, what have you been up to the weekend? What you're watching last night? So we try and keep that social element, and then we sort of crack on with our day that way. So that seems to be working really well for us at the moment. But the office, it was bigger than we needed it to be. It was purely for my ego, like yeah. before, and we never had we never had clients. We had this meeting room. We had like double space, and half of it was a meeting room. I think we had one client come to visit us because we don't we don't really have local okay. clients. Um, and I think I worked out there was probably only one client who probably wouldn't have used us from not having an office. I think that was the thing before. It was like, oh, okay. and I, I thought there was this expectation that you must have one, otherwise you're not like a real business, if you know what I mean. Yes. But I yes. think it's, it's certainly more... People kind of expect it a bit more now, I think, probably since. Um, so do you miss having an office? No. <laughs> no, I don't at all. I thought I would. I definitely thought I would. And not even even if it was free, I probably wouldn't use it. No. I'm quite – I've got my separate space and it's just – yeah, I don't like. So we got Tom on our team. He's one of our other directors. We were making him drive an hour each way to come and sit in a box, and we barely spoke to each other. Though we yeah. speak more now when we're not in the same room, so it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, no. Whether that will change in the future, I don't know. But I can't see. I can't see it will. To be honest. No. So this podcast is called Small Business Financial Freedom. So I wanted to find out. What does financial freedom mean to you? Or do you have an idea what financial freedom would mean to you? Yeah, and I think, again, this probably changed over time, like we were saying earlier, that, yeah. that it was like when you're, in a, when you're in that job and you think about making the leap, that financial freedom was so that if I wanted to go and get my hair cut in the afternoon, I wouldn't need to ask someone's permission to do it or any number of things. And I think that definitely changes over time. I think... Now it is, I think I read this book called Built to Sell. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's quite a good book. Where Who's is that it's talking I've forgotten the guy's name, but it's, it's about basically it's whether you want to sell your business or not. And it's a story of a, like a, a fictional character who's got a design agency actually. And then going from being overworked, overstressed, not paid enough to like trying to, you know, scraping to make ends meet to then selling his business so it's the story of him and his mentor sort of thing but the big thing was it was kind of like get your business to a point where you can have six weeks off completely no access to emails and that will business will still grow without you it will thrive without you and then actually get to a point where why would i sell it because it can grow without me so i kind of remember that and i think that's where i'd like to be where if i wanted to sell it for ridiculous life-changing multi-million money or just be able to work in it as and when i choose because it's because i enjoy it rather than i need to you know families looks after everything else is i've got exactly everything that i want i don't need anything else that's probably 
my current view of it, but it certainly changes over time. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So I'm the same. When I started, I don't even think I thought of financial freedom, to be truthful with you. I think I just thought I want to be earning enough money to have a good lifestyle and go on holiday. That yeah. was my sort of goals. And you're right, they, they do change. But it is interesting how different people's financial freedom mm -hmm. means to different people. So do you think you've achieved financial freedom in your business or do you think you're still sort of striving for it? I think I think it's definitely still striving for that current because you you your goals, you kind of you hit your goals and then you reassess and you make new ones. So those original ones when setting up the business, you know, if I go back and speak to myself from the original, then they'll be like, Wow, you know, this is this is crazy. Like what you know, you must be you must be chilling out and delighted. And then currently you're like, well, actually I'm working towards something else. So not, not the current, but there's certainly goals that have definitely achieved along the way. Well, I suppose one of them is you can't take time off to go and get your hair cut. I do go and get my hair cut. I did, yeah, I've probably got it booked in. I don't need to get anyone's permission to go and get my hair cut. And it's like holidays, isn't it? Where you yeah. used to have well, to sort of coordinate. I suppose yeah. to a certain extent you maybe still do, do you? Yeah, no, I think holidays is I don't take enough time off, certainly. We took we took some Is that time by off. choice or <laughs> I think the stupid thing is you take a week off and then you're actually twice as productive the following week. Yeah. So you haven't lost any time, but you feel like you can't and then you forget that feeling and then you keep doing it. I think I was, I was trying to give myself a holiday that a normal employee would get, and I don't think I've done that. I'll, I'll take some time off at Christmas, okay. and then with a six week, I think we're going to. We were just talking actually about going to New York next year, but I'm I'm terrible at taking time off. I, I you know I can and I do take days off here and there, but I've only taken what a week a week off so far this year probably which is pretty awful. <laughs> and, it, and is there any reason why you're like that? Do you think the business is not going to survive without you? I think, you know, I think you sort of know it'll be all right, but then you, there's just always stuff to do. And you, you probably need someone to say like, you, you should, you should probably take some, take some time off. And that, yeah, there's just, I think most business owners are like, they say, oh, I've got a million things to do. Like, how could I possibly <laughs> take time off? But then you, when if you do, you're, you, you are twice as productive the following week. So it's just, it's, it's not forgetting to do it. It's just like there's always a bigger priority. And then you probably feel guilty. I think a lot of business owners probably feel guilty about taking time off as well, which you shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. um, so I think... I think for next year, I said said this last year. I think the next year I make it more of a priority. But we are actually talking about a couple of holidays. I think there's you know Disneyland's Paris for a bit, and then maybe New York, which would be more holiday. You know, we did we did Brancaster this year. Yeah, yeah, just for just for feeling guilty. I mean, we bought we bought a new house this year. There's other massively expensive <laughs> things, and then taking time out to sort all that stuff out. But I think. Sometimes you do need to remember that if you were working for yourself, you would you would quit. If that makes it, if you're an employee, the way you yes. treat yourself, you would you wouldn't let yeah. anyone else treat yourself like that. I think it's probably a common 
common I think thing. a lot of business entrepreneurs do forget that they are probably the most important person in their business and that they should treat themselves a little bit better. I can't remember what it was. I think it was at the beginning of the year. I either read an article or I heard someone say that they were taking a month off of their business. And right. I thought, that's going to be my goal this year. And I took September off. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't, I knew I wouldn't not work. I knew it wasn't possible for me not to work, but I only worked 20%. I had wow. 80% of the time off. And actually, when I came back in October, I felt great. I felt I really, it. really good. I was really positive. If you talk to accountants, accountants are dreadfully sort of, you know, everything's dreadful, everything's you know, they're so down. <laughs> and I I have a a group that I meet up once a month. And it's really quite good because you're sounding off things with other accountants. And it makes you realize that you're not alone. Yeah. When I turned up in October, they were all going, what pills have you been on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just so happy that I thought, I think I'm going to do it on a regular basis. A month was quite difficult. September was quite a good one, but I think I would probably choose, I mean, for me, summer months are good because oh everybody tends to August, go on yeah, everybody's off in August, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you don't tend to get a lot of emails and you don't tend to get a lot of inquiries and things. Yeah. So I maybe wouldn't choose September. I maybe would choose another month. But it really worked for me. So I would recommend it. Take some time off. Yeah. I mean, don't totally switch off because I think when you've got your own business, you can never totally oh, yeah. say you can never totally. So I used to check check my emails in the morning, answered anything that was really urgent. I mean, I told everyone I'm taking this month off, so yeah. you're not going to yeah. get me. If there was a couple of clients that had really bad crises. So I, I saw them, but that's about it. And I checked my emails maybe late afternoon and then that was it. Did odds and sods. Nice. And what worried me was I thought, what if I get used to it? But actually <laughs> what I learned was I love doing what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I came back with even more enthusiasm for what I do. Nice. So definitely, definitely take it off. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. So you've got a bit of financial freedom at the moment. How do you think you actually got to this stage? How did you get to the sort of where you have got a little bit of financial freedom? I think it's making sure you have got a good influx of uh, inquiries, I think making sure if you know if you want to grow then i think i think because we grow that's what keeps me excited and that yeah. comes from you know growth you kind of need to keep your existing clients look after them and provide a really good service but also get new clients as well yeah, so i, I think choosing a, a niche if you like so the financial advice businesses marketing for those generating needs for those positioning ourselves as the best or, you know, on the planet at that thing. Yes. Having, you know, that has helped us, you know, we've got a, our own podcast as well. So we've got an industry podcast. We own, you know, over 200 episodes. We've got well done. kind of preferred supplier agreements with some big 
financial networks. And then it means we get to know our client really well, means we've created a process to helping them. So it's not like, I think a lot of marketing agencies like us, if you if you get lots of different clients that come with lots of different problems, whereas we've created a process that works to help our clients. So it makes it a little bit easier because you're t- you're taking clients on a pro you're selling a process rather than a service if that kind of makes sense so yeah. actually you know being able to find and have this kind of influx of inquiries picking and choosing the people you know that you can help taking them on a kind of defined process makes it a little bit easier to grow rather than all these different kind of things going on there so and then getting the right people as well right about, yeah. so all, all of these things you know take a bit of refining you've got to kiss some frogs and do the wrong thing many times because it wasn't you know didn't you know as we said like 2014 didn't start that way i was doing the opposite i was helping anyone and everyone yeah i think we've all been there done that yeah exactly so (laughs) i think yeah just knowing that you've got your kind of there's something different about you as well and it's not like i remember before it was like if people would say oh Oh, someone else does PPC or someone else does SEO. And it's like, and they're, oh, you know, someone in India does it for 500 quid or whatever. There wasn't yeah. this kind of, you were kind of, you knew that you provide a better service, but there wasn't this unique thing about you when it was actually, if you position yourself for this thing, for us, it being lead generation for financial services, you're often seen in a different light, you know, yeah. just by, by doing that. And then consistency over, over time, you know. Yeah. So it's been it's been a long it's been a long time, and then sort of never giving up, you know, constantly trying to grow and improve, make the service not just get new clients, but make your service better. Yeah. And then helping people as well, helping the people that you can't that can't afford you. So you know, one of the reasons why doing the podcast and creating content and things like that, helping the industry itself and making it not all about money. No. Although we're sort of looking for financial freedom, it's for us, we want to clean up the industry. There's a lot of people that sell inquiries, they sell leads, whereas we, and then some of them are a bit dubious about the way they go about it. And we want, our mission is for, you know, if someone searches for financial advice, we want them to find a financial advisor, not a lead generation company that will sell their data. So it's, I think, combination of all those things, really. Yes. Yeah. So how do you get new clients? So doing pretty much what we, what we do for our own clients, I think, you know, you, you position yourself. So positioning is a big thing. You know, if anyone comes across you, you're, this is exactly what, if I'm that type of person, if I've got a mortgage brokerage or, you know, wealth management firm that these guys have done what they've done before, people buy from people. So I think letting people know who you are. So again, this is another reason for having the podcast and creating content, creating video content, is people buy from people uh, and demonstrating your expertise. You know, that's again, why we create content yeah. and then create really good content that will rank on Google for things that people search for. So we're on page one for mortgage leads, financial advisor leads, wealth management leads, bridging leads, equity release leads. So we're, we're constantly, when someone searches for what we do, we're there and we're positioned as experts in that thing. We've got proof of it and there's loads. If you want to go and do it yourself, you can learn how to do it yourself and, build rapport that way and then that can then lead into if you create content that helps people that can help get open doors to get these you know like we've got the uh uh preferred supplier agreements that's all come from 
the podcast, the content and everything consistently yeah. over time by just trying to help people. Do you do any networking at all? I probably did uh, back back in the day, early early days, certainly that 2014 sort of time. I was doing anything and everything to get business, but not a, not really now. You sort of you create. I think what we've done now is created our own. I suppose if it was industry networking, and I was just starting out, I'd I'd go and meet people. But having a podcast, having social media, and things like that, you can meet people on scale. Yes. Every day, yes. people can meet you if you like. Yeah. Certainly through like podcasting and things like that, people will ring you up and they'll say it's weird hearing your voice or weird speaking to you because I've heard you loads before. You know, the internet is a great place for creating rapport daily on autopilot. Yeah. So no, I don't really go to any events. I haven't done a speaking gig. It was about three years. I did one for a client a couple of weeks ago, but it was three years since I did the last one, mm. mainly because of covid and things like that but so if you had a lesson to give an entrepreneur that was just starting up what lesson would you sort of tell him or her oh there's so many there's so many i think don't forget that it's a lot of it's about relationships and, and people do buy and trust people and i think when we set up a business we think we've got to look like a business so we hide behind a corporate identity and we try and look bigger than we are mm-hmm. when actually I think your USP is is you and don't be unashamedly yourself I think you know because pretend yeah you've just got to build rapport with people like a lot of people say you know like the best business was done down the pub or the golf course or yes. you know is, is meeting people and then you, I think it's kind of things like your marketing, your website should be about you, especially if it's a service business. Yeah. If it's a product, then, you know, that's different. But still, people buy into the stories on products as well. You know, people watch, you watch Dragon's Den and the amount of times they've bought into the owner. Yes. As well as the product. I think sometimes you, you know, I think I bought some socks, some uh crazy socks because of the owner i think there was a kid and his dad american thing and i think he had down syndrome or something and it was like a lot of the profit was going to charity and things like that but i bought these crazy socks because of them so it it probably doesn't work all the time but i think it's definitely a service related business just remember that don't forget people want to know who you are they're going to want to know who you are yeah oh 100 percent Get your website right. Get your yeah. social media right. Let people right. know who who you are, and then probably like the the second thing is like third party reviews. Get as many reviews as possible. Certainly, if you're B two C, so like our you know mortgage brokers, financial advisors, they a lot of people choose them off the back of their Google reviews, Trustpilot reviews. Yeah, business to business, it's a little bit harder. I mean, we don't ask for reviews that often because. A lot of our clients might see each other as competitors, so it's yeah. kind of like weird saying, "Oh, can you do a review for me so I can get more clients like you?" They don't want to share us, so it is it can be difficult. But I think, yeah, I think probably the one lesson is like you are you are the USP. People, you may think you're boring and what you do is boring, but it's it's not when you need when someone needs that thing that you do, they want to find out about you. Yeah, and tips? Would you give any tips? Someone starting up. Oh God, yeah. So if, um, if somebody sort of came to you eight years ago and said, <laughs> "Alex, 
this is what you need to do? What would you hope that they have said to you? Or what have you learned? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I think take more time off. As we said earlier, there's no point in being the richest person in the graveyard, like trying to this kind of hustle culture. No. I was at one point, I was billing nine day rates a week. It was only, you know, only seven days. It's ridiculous. Yes. Getting that balance right, looking after your health and things like that as well. So, yeah, so many things like you have to fail to be successful. Yes. Like, like we talked about, like, let people know who you are. A lot of people won't put their photo up on their website because they'll think, oh, it's not perfect. I need to get a photographer. Put all these barriers in place, or I won't start a podcast because I don't like the sound of my voice. Yep. It's like, well, you've got just got to do it. You just got to, like, if you really want to, if you really want to be successful, you've just got to get stuff done and make it perfect later on. You know? I was a bit like that. I remember when, um, I didn't have a website to start with and I met the chap that designed my website and he said to me, you, you need a website. You definitely need a website. And I said, right, okay, we'll, we'll do a website. And he said, so I need some photos. And I went, oh no, 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 we don't, I don't want to be on the website. And he said, no, you don't understand. People buy from people. They need yeah. to see you. They need to see who you are. Absolutely. So we need photos. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> You you do think that oh no one's that's weird or I remember like the, before doing it myself you do sort of there's so many like pushbacks that you do I think once you realise the the power of it and we all know it because we we'll, we'll have made sales before because of we got on with someone really yes. well or yes. we bought something because we liked the person we yes. know it it's just for some reason we think because most like most websites and most marketing is average at best. And we compare ourselves with average at best rather than the small number of people that do it very well. Yep. We don't look at what that because we don't see it as much. We see lots of average adverts and average marketing and we think that's the norm, but it's it's not most most companies are rubbish. The most most of them are awful websites, awful marketing, and a lot of their marketing doesn't get them a return because they, they don't leverage the people so still working towards financial freedom take some time off next yep. year build it in <laughs> take some time off yeah absolutely. it'll make a big difference to you you obviously have a young family if you're going to disneyland yeah, not unless you're going to six, disneyland because yeah. you're quite fancy going to disneyland. yeah no yeah that'd be weird wouldn't it no she's six <laughs> We just we took a day off last week to take her to Lapland, UK. So I take days off, but a lot of it is you know herding her around, which yes. isn't, isn't. You go back to work for a rest. Yeah. So yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I'll take Christmas time off, take some time at Christmas. But yeah, it's like every quarter, I think you should probably take take some time, time off. off. Do you, you obviously take some time off to review the business as well and sort of look at where the business is going and set some goals and things for the business. You must do that, do you? I do. I I do. Probably not as much. I think you're always critical of yourself. Probably not as much. So, you know, I think everyone does it uh, kind of, you know, when, you, when you're you know, around that August time, when you take that holiday yourself, you always sort of review it. You always review it over Christmas and New Year, going into a new year. Yes. You probably should be, you know, regularly looking at that every month, really. At least every quarter. Every quarter um, would be good, yeah. Just yeah. to sort of review how the business is doing. Have the team on board. Have a sort of little 
coffee get together and find out what they think. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And a lot of the time you you don't you don't because <laughs> you're so you're so busy doing the work, you don't stop and think enough. So No, no. Well, it's been really good talking to you. And it's been really interesting hearing about your story and where you've come and what you think of as financial freedom. Because a lot of people will think it's totally different, you know. Yeah. Like for me, it's taking time off and spending some time just for me and finding out exactly what I want to do. And it sounds like with you, it's maybe Taking some holidays, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, taking, taking a very even, long. Even re- though it's it's yeah. difficult for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I want to take a very long retirement holiday, but then we'll want to probably come back to work. Amazing, no. yeah. But I'm really excited to hear more people um, and their versions of it as well. So we'll be tuning into your other guests as well. Definitely. Thank you very much, Alex, and thanks very much. And if anyone get wants to get in touch, my name's Susan Crichton. I'm a sole practitioner in a county firm and I'm based in Aberdeen. But as Alex just said, you can be absolutely anywhere nowadays. And that's the one thing that COVID taught me. Yeah. My base was very much Aberdeen, but now it's it's grown, which is great. And it was really good to talk to you. Thank you very much, Alex. Thanks for having me.